Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm Matthew Ivan Bennett. Our holiday show this year is Newsies, a Disney theatrical production based on the real-life Newsboys strike of 1899 in New York City. We open Friday, December 1st, and play through Wednesday, December 20th. Besides acrobatic dancing, Newsies has a score from Alan Menken, the same composer for the movies The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and The Little Shop of Horrors. Here's me and Tom Griffin, our musical director for Newsies, with more. Alan Menken um, is most associated with Disney and has written every classic uh, animated film, all the music for every classic animated film that they've done. I mean, all the big ones. So you're talking Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Hunchback, Pocahontas. I mean, these are huge shows. And he's, what I find that he's very gifted at is his, his ballads. Though the ballads tend to be, I mean, he's very good at all of his music, but the ballads are just gorgeous. And in particular, this particular show, um, Santa Fe is a gorgeous ballad, for example. It's the close of the first act. It will touch you. It has similarities to other ballads you've heard before, but it's not exactly the same. Does that make sense? So it has that Alan Menken sing- signature. How do you get into the right state of mind to conduct an orchestra? How can you... I've been conducting... I start, My first opportunity to conduct an orchestra was when I was 16. I found it not that hard. It's one of those things like, you know, a runner who runs well sometimes finds out they're just a good runner. They're born with a gift. How do I prepare? The preparation starts very, quite a ways before we get to the place where we actually open a show. I'm preparing six months, even eight months before. Uh, First thing I do is I get the music into my head. So I will listen to the recordings. I'm usually in the car. I live in the Los Angeles area. So um, I drive to Disney a lot, uh, down to Disneyland. Um, I'm a contractor with them, a conductor with them. So if I'm in the car, I'm hearing that soundtrack, I'm hearing that music. And by the time I've listened to it over a month's period, it is so ingrained in me. I can hear the tempos, I hear all the instruments. Um, That's one way, especially with a show. If I have uh, access to a recording, then I will do that. if I've never seen the piece before, I can also work with an orchestra. I'm good at sight reading. I'm good at looking at scores. Uh, I've had a lot of experience with standing in front of groups, and and I can look at those instruments, and now over the years have heard what to expect. Because for me, when I look at a score, it's like reading something in a magazine. I can see the pictures. I see the lines. I see who's playing what. I, I understand how the orchestrator is working. So it's not difficult for me to interpret what's on the page so that when I hear the players and I'm hearing all those instruments, I can l- look at that page and I know if I'm hearing everything that's on the page. Does that make sense? So you've worked for Disney, too, conducting literally hundreds of young musicians at once. Yes. Tell us about that, if you would. I uh, My first experience working for the Disney company was with Disney Theatrical, which is their um, musical theater branch. It, it, it was They started with the Beauty and the Beast, and I conducted the first national tour of Beauty and the Beast. My wife was also a performer in that tour. My son was also on that tour. He was Chip, the little teacup, 
he was uh, seven. So we actually all toured together on the first national tour. And then I did the next national tour, the second national tour, as a conductor. And once I established my relationship with them as theatrical, I was hired as a contracting conductor for them as a part of their program called Disney Performing Arts. And it's a program based uh, on both coasts, but particularly in Anaheim at Disneyland. We give them a 90-minute workshop in a studio setting where they actually record uh, music, the cues for Disney films. So we have cues from the films. A cue is one scene from a film. So we bring them in. They've never seen it. They put headsets on, wireless headsets. Groups come in. They're, they get, they're from as small as 20 to 30 to as large as 150, 200. And I've, I've gone up to 600 and some odd and 700 in, in a big sound stage. So they bring them in. They've never seen the music. They sight-read it just like a professional. We record it just like a professional. There's an engineer in a booth. And then we have the big screen up behind me, actually, so that they can... And then once they have mastered it, I play it back and show them what they've done. I usually record the first time they've played it, which is not usually that good. And then we rework a few things, and I fix things, and then I re-record it. So then I show them, here's what you did the first time. And we play it, and I show them the film. And then I replay it with their fixes, and then we add a little what we call sweetening. We add harp and other things that are not there, sound effects, um, uh, voices. Sometimes there's voices. Um, anyway, we add the extras, and then we show it, and their their jaws hit the ground because they're, they see what it's like, and then they're hearing the original music from a Disney film, and they're watching the clip on the screen, and it's just a stunning thing for them because it's an experience they can't get anywhere. So that's how I got started with Disney. I had a relationship with them. I've now become kind of their top conductor. Well, not kind of. I am. I'm, I do more workshops than most anyone there now. And uh, so um, I, we generally, I'm very busy from January to June because that's the kind of the school season. Um, and I see groups, I do instrumentals, and I also do vocal groups because I'm a musical theater person. And it's, it's an educational opportunity, it's an inspirational opportunity, and so that's how I developed my, my relationship with Disney. And it's been, it's been wonderful. It's love, I love that they have encouraged the arts like they do. All right, so as a music director, you must get songs stuck in your head. Mm. So give us non-musicians advice on how to deal with earworms. Earworms. <laughs> well, the real earworm, you're asking, I wouldn't go swimming in any warm waters in any place on the world because that's probably where you get an earworm. And if you do, have earplugs in for sure and nose plugs. Any, close all the holes, okay? And then you can go swimming in the warm waters. However, if you get a song stuck in your head, um, when I'm studying a score... It does stick in my head for about a week or two, and then for some reason it stops, and I don't hear it anymore like that. So every time I do a show, when I start rehearsals, the first week or so, at night I'm hearing some of those songs again a little bit, because I think at night, and you, I don't know if you've experienced this, anytime you're working on something, say you're an actor and you're doing lines from a show, or you're doing music, or what it is, you're singing, you will rehearse it again. Your brain rehearses what you do during the day at night, and that's actually a good process. I tell actors, learn it now, 
let your brain rehearse it. Do it again in the evening. You're going to rehearse it overnight while you're sleeping because that's what your brain will do. And then when you come back tomorrow, you're going to be better. And it's going to take you about two, maybe two to three days, and then you'll master it. Because you need the night. Your brain needs the night to work. And that's when a lot of creative people do their best stuff, actually. A lot of creative people will do it at sleep. Um, I know creative people that keep pencils and paper or recording devices next to their bed. They'll wake up, they'll say something in the recording device, and go right back to sleep. Because their brain actually sits and works at night unencumbered by distractions. Does that make sense? And another place that people do very creative things is showers, where there's kind of that shh, this kind of gray noise that goes on, and it takes you off into this other land. So I would tell people... I know you're kind of making a humorous statement, but I would tell you them to uh, give it a few days and it'll probably go away. The music is like that. It kind of burrows in and hits you deep inside. That's why people love to come to the theater, especially musical theater. Tom Griffin, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theater Podcast for Newsies. For tickets, call 801-581-6961 or visit our website, pioneertheater.org. The presenting sponsor for Newsies is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation. It's also sponsored by Utah Media Group and Wells Fargo. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at marketing at pioneertheater.org.